At lunch I eat a sandwich with a glass of Coke to roll. No one can see you drinking when you're working from home. I still produce reports in a professional font. But now when I have downtime, I can do what I want. And welcome to the Existentialist Cucumber. My name is Larry Wu, and after a year of doing this, we're both Curtis and I are still upset about the whole toilet paper hoarding thing. That's right, Larry. That was uh, some of the most unnecessary hoarding that I've seen in my time. And now, uh, you know, I've, I've I lived through the as we both had lived through the, the uh, Cabbage Patch Crisis. So exactly. So perhaps Curtis, um, folks in the world had Tenismus. Tenismus. Yes. Oh, I think I know what that is. What? I think what? I think I think that is when you have such bad gut rot that when you evacuate it comes out as uh it comes out as as a as a uh gas rather than a solid or a liquid. <laughs> <laughs> you're that's you're you're close you're close i'm not even i i'm not even gonna dare you know continue on the the poop humor that we can go go with this uh joke here but uh tamisis is like a condition happens in i guess both ways where you have this feeling of incompleteness when you're either emptying your your bladder or when during defecation so basically you have this inability to think that you're finished so you just kind of sit there and you just try to keep doing it i that's the only i was thinking that was the only reason why um, people are hoarding toilet paper i think it just seemed like such a weird thing like why why would you go into a uh, grocery store and see like the shelves stocked with like you know, beans like usually when you think about about like an apocalypse, you, like you you stock up on canned goods, things that can be easily preserved, things that are easily cooked. But all that stuff was still readily available. But toilet paper was at a premium. <laughs> I didn't get it at all. Uh, I I didn't get it because we we're all stuck at home as well. So let's let's face it, folks. Like if I ran out of toilet paper, I have a perfectly good shower that's right next to me. We got uh, something, and uh, yeah, I don't want to get too deep into the weeds on this, but we got <laughs> something called a tushy, which is... It's like, not just a, an attached bidet, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It's great. <laughs> it's great. You could, if you get, you could spend like, I think it costs us like 75 bucks on a tushy, and then you don't have to worry about a toilet paper shortage. Like, you know, these guys are just not thinking ahead. No, not no. thinking outside it, it, the box enough. And, and and you know who else wasn't thinking is and we're revisiting the NFT just very briefly because I, <laughs> I still don't know what. So uh, Curtis, I I went and found the uh, what's supposed to be the largest NFT marketplace on the internet. Um, so if folks want to check it out, it's OpenSea, O P E N S E A, dot I O. So OpenSea is a nft marketplace and we don't want to go too much further into it because curtis you and i looked at it for about 10 minutes before the show and what did we conclude it's mostly crap (laughs) it's mostly crap (laughs) and expensive crap very expensive well i really i i have to admit my ignorance i didn't know what the the sort of us dollar to bitcoin exchange rate was 
and when you told me what it was, and then I you, I saw the prices of of the, of uh, this uh, uh, using air quotes art, yeah, I was blown away by by how much you know that you think somebody would be able to to pay for like some like a bad eight bit rendering of a cat wearing a penguin hat. Well, uh, so so here's an example uh, of one um, crypto dog crypto dog number five ninety seven. Thank you, Wrapped Crypto Dog owner. Um, it is a eight bit pixelized, uh, I guess three quarter view of a dog wearing a baseball hat that's aiming to the side and smoking a pipe. And there's animated eight bit smoke coming out from the pipe. That will cost you one point zero nine nine Bitcoin. That's 1850 us yeah that's ridiculous so that's a crypto dog curtis so you're not you're not gonna throw a bit at it i'm not i'm not um and i'm not gonna throw one at this either there's only 41 minutes left if you are interested in it it's in the collectibles section and uh it's called cryptiriers unrevealed cryptirier and what it essentially looks like is a very crudely ms paint Room, like drawn room and it's uh, purple and then what appears to be a, a a pressing iron without a without an electrical cord and then a white question mark that retails for $420.68 US oh <laughs> So like oh. if you if you one day like if you have a bunch of MS Paint stuff that you did when you were twelve when you were you know you were bored in computer class or whatever you know by all means you know link it link link it to an NFT put it on the site and who knows you might be able to to like fund college I I I, I take it even further back uh what was that uh, Commodore Vic twenty Commodore sixty four print program oh, the the print shop that's right. And and then it would do it on uh, uh, using your dot matrix printer, and you could print banners that would you know span many many pages. Oh man, I love that the print shop. You'd have to color it in yourself. But like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it it just shows that this NFT stuff. Like it's just I I don't even, I don't I don't know what I do with it. I don't know what I even look for it. I I think there's just some lack of vision, or even lack of vision from the. Uh, the creators or even whoever's adopting it really right yeah i think i think like if you're a bleeding edge there's really not that much there for you right now who knows maybe in 10 years like that's all we're doing is buying stuff this way but as of <laughs> as of right now there's really little on offer yeah so talking about um lack of vision here i i i, I we talk about star wars all the time and um the motif of lack of vision came up and I rewatched um, a new hope. So for those um, it's the first star Wars movie. Uh, and I noticed something that I never noticed before. And I thought, I don't think maybe Lucas put this in intentionally. And I thought, no, this is just too smart for him to do. <laughs> so there, there is a, I, I, there is this motif of Luke having, technology giving him lack of vision until the end of the movie where he decides to turn off his computer and 
he bullseyes the uh, Death Star, right? We all know that's the, that's the ending. But throughout the movie, and the first instance was uh, him with the droids and uh, them looking at the Tusken Raiders camp. It wasn't a camp, in a camp. They just saw some Banthas, right? So he's looking through the binoculars and he doesn't see the guy that's right in front of him until he gets struck and down. So that's example number one of Luke using technology, giving him lack of vision. The second one was on the Millennium Falcon. Um, and he's training with Obi-Wan uh, and he's got the helmet on, right? And he actually says, I cannot see with this thing on. So I thought, okay, well, that's kind of that's kind of neat. Again, maybe a coincidence. And then the other example is when he is in the Stormtrooper um, armor on the Death Star and he turns to Han and goes, I can't see a thing in this. Yeah, yeah. So it, it's, I just found it fascinating because I went, geez, I've never noticed this, but I, maybe I never looked at Star Wars that deep, but I thought that was kind of cool. Um, I highly doubt Lucas put it in intentionally, but or maybe he did. I don't know. I'm, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt and say that he did because I think like he was trying to make those kind of statements when he when he first made Star Wars, and then it sort of morphed into like what it eventually became. But like, I think you know he he had that whole the whole. Uh, I guess it was originally going to be Wookiees that ended up being Ewoks, but sort of like the more primitive, um, you know, the more, the more, the more primitive sort of uh, warriors taking out the big, the big sort of gigantic mm-hmm. uh, technological monstrosities and stuff like that, which I guess was his allegory for Vietnam and stuff like that. I think he was interested in stuff like that. I don't know if he, I don't know if, if it's just a coincidence, but I wouldn't be surprised if that was a theme that he was that he was going for. Um, I think just his later body of work just makes it hard to believe that he, <laughs> he had that coherent thought. But so I know and, where you're and, coming from for sure. Yeah, and 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 maybe uh maybe we'll we'll talk about that later body of work, which we we try to avoid because it just puts a tear to my eye. But but in any case, let's uh let's move on to the headlines. Um the here in in Canada and in, in, in Toronto, you know. We're trying to vaccinate as many people as possible. In the States, it's a, the situation's a little different because they've been manufacturing their own vaccines. They're actually in a position where they're just looking for people to um, get the vaccination. I, I had a chat with someone who lives in Ohio, and they are at the point where they're almost throwing away vaccines because they can't. They, like there's just no one signing up. Either people have done it already, or whatever the case may be. Um, there's North Carolina apparently has also been dropping the requirement because again they're not busy. So you'll love this one, Curtis. In North Carolina, you can get a, a vaccine shot. Um, I forgot what the age was. Let's just say 18 or 16. I think right now, right? If you're 16 or over and you've smoked more than 100 cigarettes within your lifetime, you can get a vaccine <laughs> shot. How do they how could they check that? <laughs> I don't know. And then there's a BMI index. If your BMI index is uh I I, I don't know the the ratio, but it doesn't seem like much. 
you can get a vaccine shot. Like they're they're basically just saying, hey, anyone, it's a free for all. They're, they're at that point where it is a free for all. But here's some incentives for you, Curtis. And this will probably be more towards our American friends, but I can't wait till it shows up here. Krispy Kreme is giving away free donuts to those vaccinated against COVID-19. This is this is uh, what's sort of a bit disappointing about this whole thing is that there couldn't be a more coordinated rollout between countries. Like it's just to me, it's just sad that the U.S. they have to give away donuts for people to get vaccinated. <laughs> and here I would bake somebody donuts for like two straight weeks to be able to get my my vaccination like. I just think that there should have been a better coordination between countries. I realized Trump was, I guess, around when these distribution deals were being made or whatever. But, you know, don't you think, Larry, like that, you know, it's funny people <laughs> needing to be incentivized to get to get the vaccine when there's so many people here who, who want it yesterday. No, no, de definitely. That's that's why I brought this up because of just the difference that we have between our two countries right now. And you're right. Why would there even be a th why would why is this even a thing? Like why why is Krispy Kreme offering donuts if you show your receipt? Now, there's a, a sure it's a little great marketing thing, I guess, for one thing, or maybe you're trading COVID nineteen for type two diabetes. I, I I don't know. Maybe it's a it's a trade off, but. Uh, yeah, so um, beginning today, any vaccinated person can go to Krispy Kreme, show the staff their vaccination card, and receive one free original glazed donut. I would, I would, uh, I would do a lot of things for a Krispy Kreme donut, and uh, <laughs> that includes getting vaccinated. I would definitely <laughs> do that. American friends do it; just take them up on it. Yep, exactly. So. Uh, I, I noticed that with our headlines, we always kind of make fun of Americans. So I, I, I found one actually more local to home. Ontario police stop motorcycle with hand painted license plate. <laughs> now, Curtis, did you, you, you're looking at this license plate, right? It is the crudest. It, it looks horrible. It looks like, like a seven year old did it. <laughs> and then of course the, 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 the genius writes live free, but spells free wrong or die dot, dot, dot. <laughs> yeah. Live. <laughs> live free. F-R-E. Live fray. Live fray or die. Oh, oh, actually it's, I was going to say live iron, but no iron is F-E-R, right? Uh, I think, I think it is on, come on, Curtis. Don't you know your uh, periodic, periodic table? table? Yeah, well, fa yeah, Ferris, right? Yeah. So, uh, um, yeah, that's <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that's okay. So, so good. police in Ontario said an officer pulled over a motorcyclist whose license plate was clearly homemade and misspelled. Oh boy, I like the tweet. It says we apparently have some burgeoning artists. I guess this is from the cops. Uh, we apparently have some burgeoning artists in hashtag YGK. I didn't even know Kingston had an airport. Um, is it part of uh, the Air Force Base? Or oh, sorry, the military base? Was it Maybe. It... I've just yeah. never heard. Like usually when, when you see those like three letter, you know, people are being cool referring to their city by the three letters. It's usually 
it's usually a pretty big city. Yeah, I've heard, I've heard of a, a Kingston level city, like like you know, getting into that, uh, getting into the hashtag YGK. Like, well, like you know, Brampton have hashtag YBR ever. It should. Maybe, but Brampton's a little too close to the airport, but I can see Kingston, you know, if you want to go see uh, John A's house, go for a little tour there, which by the way, I have been and it's a, it's a pretty fun tour. I don't know if he actually, no, I think actually like, he did, he did actually live there and it's, it's all right. It's, it's, it's just an old, old Victorian home along the beautiful part of Kingston. Um, but it's hilarious, an interesting... it's hilarious thinking that you'd get away, get away with that. Um, I, I don't get it. You're right. Like you're, you're, you're leave you're, 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 you're putting the finishing touches on this homemade license plate, which you didn't even bother breaking out a ruler to get the line straight or anything. And you're spelling it wrong. And then you're like, oh, chef's kiss. I, I'm going to, I'm going to stick this to the man and fool everyone. Yeah, like just do like a little bit of research and find out what your province's motto is. Live free or die. I do like the fact though that he also put like the little um that little red red uh, so it's like the permit he put. He tried to make his own little permit. At That's the right. Top. He, he is it say is it in December? His birthday is in December. <laughs> oh, let's 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 just drop that one. <laughs> <laughs> all right um here's here's something that 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 kind of goes along with our movie watching and actually it, it goes along these two stories kind of go somewhat high, side by side um sometimes we we instead of a newspaper article we hey here here's a here's a fun job you can sign up for so this is a kind of a combo of the both the headline is website offers a thousand dollars to binge watch all 24 james bond films so there is a link um, to a application form. You have till April 16th, Curtis, um, <laughs> to fill out this form and explain why they are the right James Bond fan for the job. So Culture Website is offering $1,000 for a James Bond fan to watch all 24 films uh, to, uh, I guess it's like a promotion stunt for No Time to Die. Are they are are they chaperoned while they're doing this? I wonder. Um, I ha, I have a funny feeling. Unlike our other story, you have it's this is a marathon. I don't think this is like done over a period, a small, you know, like like a period of two weeks or something. I was just wondering if you could like I don't know catch some sleep during a, a view to a kill. Oh, you totally get some sleep during the '80s era, like <laughs> the Roger Moore movies. I don't know if they can check. No, no, I, 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 that, that's, 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 that's a bit harsh, Curtis. Like I, I would say, go see. Definitely stay awake for Moonraker. Maybe Live and Let Die. Moonraker has its moments. Um, and then yeah, fall asleep. Maybe wake up near the tail end of Tim- the Timothy Dalton. Is it Timothy Dalton? Timothy Dalton, yeah. Yeah, maybe watch uh, Living Daylights and uh, Hard to Kill. Was he hard to kill as well? I have no idea. And then, <laughs> then you had the Pierce Brosnan era, which has Goldeneye. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Is, was Goldeneye the movie good? The the, the video yeah. game was amazing, but I don't know if it was the movie. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if it was as good as the video game, but it was pretty good. <laughs> it had Sean Bean, I think. 
Okay. Who, who are, are, surprisingly enough, his character died in the film. Are, are, are you a big James Bond fan? Uh, I would say that I'm sort of low to mid tier James Bond fan. I think I've seen most of them. I'm not obsessive about it. Some some of them I really like, uh, and then uh, and then some of them I don't really care for. But uh, yeah, I love you know. I I don't think that I'm the target market for this this promotion because I just said that I'd sleep through the Roger Moore era. Well, well, let's 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 see here, Curtis. Let's see if we can entice you to apply for this job. The chosen candidate will receive a thousand dollars, a hundred dollar Amazon gift card. Oh no, hold on! You're you're not going to a theater. Okay, here we go. Here's here's the see. This is why you read past the headlines, boys and girls. The chosen candidate will receive a thousand dollars. So that's your payment. A hundred dollar Amazon gift card to rent the movies and a $50 AMC gift card to go see the latest when it gets released. So like, it's a pretty good deal because like the move, the movies don't at this point yet cost $50 to go see. So you'll also be able to get some sweet snacks with that. And it sounds like if you're walking, watching them at home that they can't check to see if you're paying attention. Well, you, you, you just have like this, I, it, it sounds like that you have this Excel sheet and you're just kind of like checking them off. Yeah. So you could put them on and then you could go and uh, play Fortnite or whatever, and then come back and say, yeah, I saw. Oh, yeah. Maybe, maybe have them running while you're sleeping. Sure. All yeah. right. First name, last name, date of birth, your email. Okay. What is your favorite James Bond movie? I'm filling this in for you, Curtis. So well, I'll, I'll hit submit. <laughs> What's your favorite James Bond movie, Curtis? Um, Thunderball. And do you remember that's that's number four? That's number four, right? Number the fourth, the fourth. Uh, James Bond. Yeah, I think that's the one that they re. Did they? Is that the one they remade as Never Say Never Again? And that was oh, so, I, like I, not I, really officially part of the James Bond canon. I can never remember. Uh, what makes you a James Bond super fan? Um, the... now don't make anything up because it, this you, you you are applying this for for real here. <laughs> the bits what makes me a James Bond super fan. Uh, I can, I I I I, I don't know. That's an excellent question. Let, let me let me let me let me put your answers for you. You 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 have a photo of Sean Connery signed by Roger Moore. Yes, perfect. Okay, and here's another one. Why should like, uh, why why is the like this is this is not why is this even a question? Why should we choose you for this job? Um, because if you don't, I'll be very upset. <laughs> you won't Revenge. regret it. We won't regret it. My mom says I'm cool. Yeah. Oh, uh, so but if anyone's interested, you could watch them. Now, will a hundred dollar gift card actually be enough to rent all? I guess it would be right to rent them all. Rent I guess, all? Yeah, I think if you're just renting them, it would. Um, no. Yeah, I think I think because you yeah you can rent those on Prime for like you know what like f- five bucks each or less. Okay. Oh well, it's up for grabs for anyone out there. Um, all right. So continuing our, 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 uh, trend of looking at funny and absurd Guinness 
world records headlines. Uh, we thought we'd tie this one in with um, our uh, our analysis of the Falcon and Winter Soldier coming up in this episode. Marvel fan watches Avengers Endgame 191 times, breaking the Guinness World Record. That's right. Yeah. So the Guinness record uh, for watching the same the same film in a theatrical setting. Um, so this guy <laughs> managed to get to the theater 191 times to watch Endgame, which is just over three hours. So we worked it out that he would have he would have uh, in total he would have spent, uh, I guess, what, three and a half weeks yeah and 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 20 and twenty five hundred dollars and twenty five hundred dollars watching endgame well uh so this guy is he's uh what i liked about this larry is this guy is uh is a phys he's a he's a uh a a a trainer um and uh he he uh decided that um you know what does a guy what does a guy whose body is a temple do Watch the same theatrical film 191 times, and uh, and you know he really um, he really had to make some sacrifices, Larry. Uh, yeah. He really he really did in the um, in the uh, <laughs> in in one of the quotes he says uh, the most difficult part about this attempt was giving up my social life with my family, the gym. Keep in mind this guy's a trainer again. The gym, I lost 16 pounds of muscle in parentheses. And managing my work hours and screen times at the theaters. However, he was motivated by the support he got from his family, friends, managers, and staff from the theaters he visited. So, like they were, you know, they were they were telling him, "Don't, don't give up. Don't, don't go to the gym and put on some of that muscle. Don't see your clients. You can do this." <laughs> yeah, that's right. Don't see your clients or have an income. Just yeah, go and watch this movie. It's it's like him going to war, Curtis. It's like, yeah. And break you know, this record that nobody cares about. That's right. Um, I, I I looked up who held the record previously. So I, I there there's a trend here because um, the guy who held the 190 saw uh, Avengers: Infinity War. Um, Are you serious? Well, it's only that <laughs> only that old. I thought it was going to be somebody who saw like Gone with the Wind or something like that. Like back when you really had to work to go see a movie, you know, like it was a real treat. Somebody saw Infinity War. That's <laughs> disappointing. Oh yeah. So um, this this guy this guy's totally uh, uh, yeah he's he's. He's a he's a piece of work. Let me let me put it this way. But he but on his tweet, you 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 mentioned when he when he hit the record. Um, this is how much self sacrifice the guy has. He actually tweeted, "I'm officially amazing." That's right. That's right. Three exclamation points. Yeah, officially, he's officially amazing for spending all his time watching in um, Endgame. And yeah, I like Endgame, but I think I've seen it three times. So here's a bit more of this guy's resume, Curtis, that will make you laugh. Um, so uh, Ramiro got his initial idea upon seeing the YouTuber and former world record holder um, achieve the title for most cinematic, so for Avengers Infinity War. Having also participated in a record attempt in 2010 for the largest human image of a heart. <laughs> Great. 
This is what's funny about this guy. And I know we were talking about this before is he talks about, he says a couple of times how, how one of his passions is, is like helping other people and putting and putting other people first and stuff, stuff like that. But when you're trying to break these, these ludicrous records and you're spending that much money and that much time going to a movie theater to see, to see a Marvel movie, that is like the quintessentially selfish act. Well, we, yeah, we have to we have to point out that he, he it's not like he did this for charity as well. It's not like, you know, sometimes people do these stunts. Right. And then it, they just happen to break the Guinness World Record um, while doing something for charity. I don't know, like. Yeah, you know eating many hot dogs during the national anthem or so or whatever and they'll they'll say oh i'm raising money for children's hospitals but yeah this guy is not doing any of he might be buying more cosplay costumes because i found another article with him and he's got basically you know every marvel costume you can think of yeah so he's probably a nice guy but like i don't i don't think that he should have as high opinion of himself and his like uh and his and his largesse and his and his uh, concern for fellow humans as he does if he's willing to spend all that time that he could be doing all kinds of other constructive and helpful things watching Endgame. And yeah, so let's let's get off this guy because I, we want to also um, give one shout out to this other Guinness Book World Record that someone hit uh, just in time for Easter. Um, assisted living home. So there you go, right away. You know, it's something more more uh uh generous here assisted living home creates 17.7 foot tower of matzah it is it it it's uh yeah it's it was a assistant living facility in israel um yeah matzah and chocolate spread and it looks it looks impressive it really does and uh yeah so it weighed 22 pounds stood 17 feet 950 sheets of matzah. And uh, then the matzah tower was examined by a Guinness adjudicator before being turned into chocolate balls and distributed. So, you know, it, it happy made, ending for everybody. Yeah, made a, made, made a, made a uh, nice Passover treat. You know, yep. this is, it's a, it's a, it's a world record that, you know, others can participate in and enjoy. That's right. I'm looking at, I'm looking at you, Alanis. <laughs> so and and funny thing is he picked he picked what one of the longest movies in history right it's like it just it tips the scales at almost just over three hours i just, think we count yeah like it's yeah just over three hours i don't know if that includes like the credits and stuff but like yeah still like that you know it would have been more impressive if maybe he watched yentl for 191 times or something i'm up for it Why not? Let's 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 set you up to break that record. <laughs> All right. Uh, for the last two weeks, um, Disney's been going buzz with the Falcon and Winter Soldier. Uh, the first two episodes got released. Um, there was one related headline, and I'll I'll just briefly uh mention it here. We don't have to dig into it because we want to kind of do our little analysis of of the show. Uh, but uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier debut beats Mandalorian. So, you know, Mandalorian was the show coming in 
released with Disney Plus. So that's a that's a huge uh, that's a huge ordeal to kind of top that. But I think people saw how I assume how well Mandalorian was, and even WandaVision, and they were people were just dying for things to watch. And I think uh, I guess it's not really a big surprise. But um, Falcon and Winter Soldier. I'm uh so I'll I'll go first on this because I'm 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 enjoying it. I'm I'm really liking understanding the two characters a little further. Um I like the both of them kind of carry their own PTSD from <laughs> from the uh Infinity War movies. Uh there was this one piece I thought, you know, again, Chef's Kiss uh not an Easter egg. Uh more of a callback uh, to a conversation that Sam and Steve Rogers had in um, Civil War, which was um, how they were talking about sleeping and after they coming back from from a tour and saying that they had problems sleeping in a bed that it was too comfortable. And when Bucky wakes up from the, that nightmare scene, he's he's on the floor as well. So I thought that was kind of a you know oh nice touch. But um, no, I, I'm I'm definitely enjoying it. Uh, what, what about you, Curse? What's your initial thoughts after two episodes in? Yeah, I'm enjoying it as well. I, I think the second episode was more entertaining than the first. The first, I mean, there was so much table setting, you know, and, and, and that kind of stuff. And I guess like, you know, that was the beauty of WandaVision is the first episode didn't really have to be that you know, because the whole show was going to be a mystery, right? Mm -hmm. About what it's about this, you know what you're getting into. Um, You know, you're getting into uh, two, two guys who, who are, who are so sort of similar that they hate each other kind of thing. And uh, you know, there's a, there's, there's, there's sort of like a, a world like a, a a world threatening plot that's kind of being outlined and it's more standard marvel fair i guess um but like the first episode too you don't get um the falcon and the winter soldier together and then you you mm-hmm. do get them together in the the second uh um episode and yeah you're already getting a Robert De Niro and Charles Grodin Midnight Run-esque kind of buddy <laughs> vibe I, from them. I, I, I was going to, I was going to say uh, Tango and Cash. Yeah. Tango Stallone and, Cash. and uh, Stallone and um, Kurt, Kurt, Russell. Kurt, Kurt Russell. Yeah. 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 yeah Tango and Cash. Yeah. And, and I'm enjoying, I, I'm enjoying that. And uh, you know, I kind of like the, uh, the sort of way they they introduce this new Captain America who's you know, um, not not really a Steve Rogers type of guy you know, um, and uh, you know like kind of kind of crapping all all over particularly all over Falcon's legacy by giving this guy the shield. <clears throat> I think that's going to be an interesting sort of angle to pay play out and this is this guy john walker is you know in the comics he's a guy u.s Mm. agent who's like a captain america-esque type of dude um (laughs) i saw that some people on uh on twitter were were laughing that you know he he has to use a gun unlike the the original captain america um but yeah I, i like i i i like it i'm 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 definitely you know 
it, it was definitely entertaining and I'm going to watch it through. But I kind of knew that after WandaVision, which was so interesting, that I was going to be somewhat reluctant to go back to a very standard Marvel experience, which is what I think you're going to get out of this. And mm-hmm. I think it'll still be a good quality one. Don't get me wrong, but I just, you know, it's just kind of, I just kind of like to, to see another series where they, they, they break some barriers. Yeah, no, um, you're right. Uh, I like the, you, you, as you said in the first episode, the two of them are not even together. There's only one kind of joining mention which is uh, when uh, Bucky's at therapy and the doctor mentions that you haven't been returning any of Sam's texts. So there's a, there's a bit of a connection there, right? It's not yeah. like they kind of split apart and they didn't want to talk to each other ever again. Um, I like the Bucky story and where that's going. Like he, he's been spending his time kind of going on this revenge mission, but not like uh the Ronin uh, adventure that um, Clint went on where he was basically assassinating everything. He's just kind of going around messing people up and trying to bring them to justice and also kind of mending wounds with things that he's done in his past. Um, I thought that was a really nice touch. Yeah. I thought the, the, uh, the, the, that whole arc with the, the young guy, the young guy that he kills mm-hmm. and then, and then he's, trying to make amends with like the his father, father right? and he can't yeah, the really, father he can't really do it you know like it's just uh i thought that was like pretty well earned that was that was quite well done i thought oh yeah no he, he was going to right like he went mm-hmm. to his apartment you knew he was going to say something and then when he realized the father still had like a shrine yes yeah. to the son yeah bucky just kind of went oh i forgot to pay you for lunch and then just kind of walked away like yeah yeah. So yeah, I think like um Bucky's but like like Bucky's motivations are kind of more interesting to me at this point. Like he's he's a pretty interesting character in that he's he you know, he was obviously a major part of Winter Soldier. Then he's in all these other movies, but because he's kind of you know, he doesn't say a lot, you know, he's fairly uh fairly laconic you don't you don't get to know a lot about him so i'm kind of enjoying getting to know a bit more about him and you know you see he does have a sense of humor you know he well i i i I disagree with you in the bit because really all three captain americas are about him and bucky and in the first one you see james barnes as kind of like the older brother figure to to steve so you kind of get a sense that bucky helped shape steve in a way yeah i guess i should have clarified i meant sort of like post uh massive trauma yeah becoming a sleeper hydra agent right 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 so so that that part of bucky is still there and i think that's that bucky we're seeing the captain america one bucky come back in mm-hmm, yeah like we're not seeing winter soldier that mask you know mascara <laughs> shooting a gun like i, I think you're trying you're seeing that 1930s bucky trying to find his way back into things um you know and he was you know steve's best friend and he was he was guiding him through protecting steve because you know before the super serum steve was this like scrawny kid with a big heart right yeah yeah and he was always uh and bucky was always always the soldier type 
That's right. Yeah. And um, that leads to this great scene. It's funny. It's intense. Um, it's it's really well done where uh, Bucky is arrested and they have in condition of release. He has to go through therapy uh, with the doctor that we see in episode one, but with Sam. So I think this is shown in the trailer where they're doing the staring contest. But um, again, great writing because they did it very quickly with one line. And it was Bucky's turn to do the confession of why Sam bugs him. And it was about the shield. And then he leads into saying, well, if Steve was wrong about you, he could have been wrong about me. Mm -hmm. Done. Like I was like, bam, there you go. (laughs) motivation set for Bucky no need to kind of meander your way through so now we kind of know what's going through the guy's head right yeah and I think uh uh like Falcon's motivations you know they're they're fine they're just not quite as 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 uh psychological as Bucky's so they're maybe not not as interesting in that in that regard Mm -hmm. um I will say I, I I've liked his action sequences a lot like that, that first uh, scene, like like the, the the series starts off with a bang, where he's uh, fighting a, our our old friend from uh, Civil War, Batroc uh, the Leaper, played by Canada's own Georges Saint Pierre, mm-hmm. and they have that really awesome high altitude sort of uh, fight sequence, mm-hmm. and I was like, man, this looks great, like for you know, like. Obviously, it's Marvel, Marvel and Disney, and they got a ton of money to throw at this thing. But I was like, this this looks this looks fantastic for you know what is what is television, you know. Yep, and it, and it didn't drag on, and I think that's where you're saying the the Marvel formula. That's that's why I'm I'm hoping that a lot of the fight scenes just don't drag on because going back to our our buddy who watched um, Endgame 191 times, that final battle at the end. It's an hour long. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, when when Hulk snaps his finger, like, well, yeah, snaps his fingers and Avengers headquarters is destroyed. Like, it's a good hour <laughs> to, yeah. to, to have a giant fight scene, which, yeah. you know, it is what it is. And it was it was fine. But um, I, I but it, it doesn't translate well to TV. Right. I, I, I get what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Right. I, t- I totally get that. Um, one thing I want to bring up. I thought it was another interesting touch kind of bringing discussion of race into the show uh, when they go visit Isaiah Bradley. Um, The scene is set up where this kid on the street calls uh, Sam Black Falcon. Yeah. And then they have this like joking moment saying, oh, you know, does that mean I get to call you Black Kid? Uh, And you meet... uh, an older Isaiah Bradley, who's basically, you know, he's he's at the low, he's a really low point in his life. Um, I think they go um, to try to get some information, in additional information about how could there be more super soldiers because the enemies that we've seen and that they've fought so far have uh, shown similar super soldier attributes, right? Mm-hmm, right. So Isaiah Bradley. I, the best way of describing it, I guess he's known as the black Captain America in the comic books. Is that yeah. fair to say? Yeah. Um, like from, from, from that time, I think in this version, in this, uh, in, in, in the, in this television show, he was active during, uh, uh, Korea 
That's right. Instead uh, of, I think the in the comic books, he's still World War Two. Yeah, right? he's like a contemporary of Steve Rogers in the comic books. As far yeah, as the timeline yeah. goes. Yeah, yeah. So, um, they don't explain it, but he gets so they 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 talk and they have they say they reminisce of the of the skirmish that they had, um, and uh, you don't know why Isaiah is thrown in jail after he returns i think he gets thrown in jail in the comic books because i think he what he he went to go get someone i think to either de- defeat someone like bucky i forgot who it was but i think he stole the shield and the the outfit basically they just put him in jail for a um uh, disobeying a direct order or something like that you you're not sure why he's thrown but you get the sense that after the fight isaiah had a really rough life right yeah like he was experimented on and from both sides right like that's that was the whole thing right it was like the american government and hydra (laughs) yeah yeah so it'll be interesting to see more about like see more of that and uh you know sort of sort of like shed some light on shields and maybe the government's less than uh less than moral past you know that kind yeah. of stuff well uh, then then that the, the the race uh scene continues they leave the house um sam's upset about not knowing about this black superhero that's ever existed and then the cops show up now right. the cops give sam a hard time and not <laughs> not uh bucky but in the end bucky gets arrested because he missed his parole and thus leading into the 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 fun an intense scene with the two of them. But um, do you think we'd see Isaiah again, or do you think that was a one-time shot deal? You you may. I know uh, his his grandson who might've been, because when they go to visit Isaiah, they first meet a, a younger man at the door mm-hmm. who, and, and in the comics, Isaiah's uh, grandson, Elijah is the uh, hero uh, Patriot of the young Avengers. Mm-hmm. So I wonder if you'll see that character come about because i think you know they've got the you know you saw the the twin uh wanda's twins who are young young avengers in wandavision uh you've seen uh cassie uh um uh, scott lang's daughter who becomes the uh the young avenger statue so so i wonder if they're they're starting to, to get the pieces they're starting to get the pieces together for for that franchise to, to oh, take off at some point. You never know. Yeah, you never know. I, I I had the sense that it was a not not a throwaway scene, but I I think we wouldn't see anything from them because uh, the sense I get is yes, they got rejected from Isaiah, which would have been a I guess a friendlier option, but now they are have they feel that they have no choice but to go talk to Zemo, right? Right, that, yeah. and that, that that leads to the end of the second episode as they, um, as Bucky goes to face the guy that uh, triggers him in um, Civil War. Right. Yes. So, yeah, fun times. Uh, oh, one more shout out I want to kind of talk about was uh, Aaron Kellerman, who plays uh, one of the uh, villainesses that. Uh, gives Bucky uh, an extremely hard time during one of the fight scenes. I, I, I kind of wrote in our, 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 our call sheet, Enfys Ness gets another physical role. So I looked up Aaron and she, she, you know, British actress, 
done lots of stuff there, lots of like real acting. And in, and in North America, she's been given all these seriously physical roles because in Young Han Solo, she must have been like seventeen or whatever, and she is like ass kicker character and now she's also bringing in that uh role as well but then if you look at her imdb for profile she's like shakespearean actor and british yeah, yeah. you know um she's she's i think she's in the new willow movie too the new um, the new willow movie yeah i guess they're doing a remake oh wow so but it's interesting whether or not she's playing a character similar to emphasis which is kind of like the uh, kind of the false hero a false villain i guess well she's she her group is called the flag smashers and her name is like carly morgenthau i think mm-hmm. and in the comics carl morgenthau was a character called flags so just a singular guy the flag smasher who was sort of like espoused some of those same sort of uh you know globalist ideals so i think they kind of took that character gave gave her his name uh or close enough to it but made the the flag smashers an organization and i think there is you know you you can see that she's definitely has empathy for you know the 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 other members of her organization you know like you get the feeling that they're not um that that that, that they're not like evil they're not people who are who 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 want to like rule the world but they 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 i guess want a a world without borders kind of like what was happening during the blip and i guess they're willing to go to to extreme measures to to get that so yeah i I think she may end up having some characteristics sort of similar to her star wars character um you know they're both kind of rebels i don't think either of them are evil they're both uh sort of yeah physically dominant characters yeah and it, you throughout well after you after we see them in the initial fight they have always been on the run right they're right. they're in that safe house that you get the sense that they're not quote unquote safe and then there's that big getaway scene right with the plane and the one guy has to sacrifice himself mm-hmm. to, so that they can uh, so they can they can take off um yeah it's uh i think i yeah i think it's i think i I think it's going to be a good show like i think i think like the whole the whole run is going to be entertaining Mm -hmm. um you know the acting is very good in it the 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 pacing's good it's it the the chemistry between the two leads is there oh so so good yeah right they they knew back in uh uh, Civil War, they had something, right? Yeah, like that whole um, scene with the chairs was just was was hilarious. Because yeah, you're right. It, it was it was totally good. Um, I found it really interesting after watching the second episode, and I I had the similar thought when uh, WandaVision ended was it, it, Disney Plus is great for the the MCU because they're able to tell these longer arc stories that you couldn't do in a theater right like could you imagine wandavision being a two and a half three hour movie yeah it'd be a mess exactly and and even this this uh show as well 
It's got all the characteristics that should be in a movie. It's well, it's, it's well shot. Like there's lots of locations. Like you said, there's this one's much more expensive because there's um, there's a lot of special effects in that first scene, fight scene. Mm-hmm. Um, versus WandaVision, which when during when they were filming the 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 the, the TV land or the WandaVision uh, shows, they I, I didn't realize until I watched the making of. They actually built a three scene um, stage. Uh, when they filmed uh, any of those TV shows uh, when they're inside. Right. So with a live audience. So the, the, they went back to, we're just not going to get the feel of how how these shows were filmed. We are actually going to film it the same way. Yeah. Yeah. The, sa- that, yeah, the exact same methodologies. And... Exactly. So they, they couldn't have been that expensive to film. But, but in any case, uh, I guess my point being is, Falcon Winter Soldier, yeah, that has a budget. Like these, those first two episodes, <laughs> it yeah. probably was the budget for all of WandaVision. Yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, yeah, no, I'm, I'm enjoying it so far. You're right. This one's a bit more, I guess, black and white in terms of what's going on. I, you know, I. It's it's you're gonna it's gonna be interesting to see the main story arc, and then, like you said, with the new Captain America or the whoever. Uh, well, with John Walker, um, the the our two protagonists kind of getting along, and yeah, looking forward to it. So that's Falcon and Winter Soldier episode three coming up this week. But uh, before we sign off, Curtis, you did. I didn't think you'd do it, but you actually sat through the four hours of JLA Snyder version now yeah. did you watch the black was it is there is there a black and white version there, or the color version yeah i think it's called justice is gray which is oh yeah <laughs> no i don't know if it's out yet i didn't okay watch okay that. okay so I, so okay. but it is it is it is a thing that is that is a um if you if you really want to watch it like all right curtis so uh give us your take you jla adventures I snyder thought, edition i well i gotta say like because we <laughs> After watching the, tra- I think we we kind of roasted the trailer a little bit on the previous uh, uh, episode of the Existential Cucumber, and uh, I, I'd like to offer a bit of a mea culpa. It is actually, I think, a really good comic book movie. Uh, okay, I was daunted by the runtime, and I was also daunted by the prospect of a whole lot of Snyderisms that would uh, that would make make me not uh, enjoy the film very much like Zack Snyder he's he you love him or you hate him usually and he's I, I I find his movies have way too much melodrama there's a lot of like almost music videos in his in his uh, films where like so like like he'll play like two or three minutes of a of a song and then have shots of the rain and then somebody you know like just all this and- you're right and 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 i you you said you 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 said it perfectly which is music video meaning in his mind he thought of i need to have this song in my movie and wrapped a scene around it versus yeah. saying i need a scene and oh this song would go great with it yeah like sucker like that's the sense i get when 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 yeah when you say you see the snyder music video scenes it's like yeah you just wanted that song in there it's ab- absolutely true. That's absolutely ha- ha- how I think it happens as well. Like Sucker Punch, which he did, is essentially four 
long music videos strung together by like a, a, a very thin semblance of a plot. And now Justice League does have those things. There is a couple of <laughs> a couple of those music videos that, given a movie with that kind of runtime, just do not need to be there. I don't think that they're very stylish. They're just kind of melodramatic crap, and they just add to the runtime. Having said that, there was a lot of stuff in this, and a lot of it was good as far as superhero myth making goes. I mm-hmm. thought, I thought, like you know, you couldn't release this obviously as a theat, like this couldn't get a theatrical release in this state. Nobody's gonna, nobody's going to bankroll a four, four plus hour movie. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they could have done what Avengers did and maybe had it in, in, in two different installments, right? Like, like uh, Infinity War and Endgame. You could have maybe because the way that they that they do it, if when you watch it on. HBO Max is they've got it into six chapters um, okay. so that you you have break points if you want to take a break and stuff like that. But I thought like the way that the team comes to get like it just makes so much more sense. Obviously, they okay. a lot of stuff that ended up on the cutting room floor is now back in the in 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 the film, uh, which means especially uh, Cy- the character Cyborg, who seemed to have no motivation and didn't make any sense because all of his scenes, you know, got cut when they came in and tried to shoehorn that movie under two hours, which was a huge mistake. Mm-hmm. So all his stuff is in there and it's actually pretty good. And, uh, you know, the, the, uh, the, the flash is the flashes stuff is really good. And, uh, you know, I think, um, you know, Batman trying to get the team, together like the whole the whole thing just works as as like comic book lore um like it's a it's i think it's a i think it's a decent take on you know the the various different retellings that that you've seen on the formation of justice league and generally speaking that's not a tough thing to do here's the character give them a job give them a purpose done yeah absolutely (laughs) they had some really cool like it's don't get me wrong. It's still there's there's still a lot of annoying stupidity in the movie. <laughs> like, they all, all, these, all these all these movies and Avengers is no different with the Infinity Stones, right? Like they all have these MacGuffins that you know. Mm-hmm. But the ones the the DC ones are just dumber. Like they're called Mother Boxes, and for whatever reason, if so so. Uh, apocalypse which is where dark side is like like that's his planet they're they're looking to conquer all these other worlds and and the way they tell it is the only one they haven't been able to conquer is earth and they show um you know them trying to conquer earth back in sort of like you know the uh almost almost like the bronze age kind of thing but but uh, it's pretty. It's actually in a really cool scene. Humans team up with Greek, like Zeus, like Greek gods. Uh, the Amazons, um, the A- Atlanteans, and and a couple of members of the Lantern Corps. So this is, would be at in like I don't know, like a, you know, a hundred BC or whatever, and hmm. and successfully drive back Darkseid. And and they fail to get these mother boxes working, and so they split it up, much like the rings are split up in Lord of the Rings. So like the Atlanteans take one mother box, you know, the uh, humans take one mother box, and 
yeah, I've, I've, the other one goes. I forget where the other one goes, but they 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 uh, they split them up. But the thing is, like <laughs> the whole conceit is, if all of these three mother boxes are active at the same time, then <laughs> Dark Side automatically takes over the world. No reason why. There's no. <laughs> there's, there's no reason why it just it's just so the whole thing is them. The whole reason Batman's trying to get these guys together is a hey, like Superman's dead dead uh, at this point, and he's trying. No thanks to him. Yeah, no thanks to him. <laughs> and he's trying to figure out a way to now that Superman's like the biggest deterrent towards invasion is gone because super you know which was Superman. He's trying to get like other powered beings to figure out a way to not get these mother boxes all active at the same time. And that's the whole thing. So that's kind of dumb, right? But like <laughs> the scene, the scene was really cool when it shows them like originally repelling dark side and then splitting up the, the boxes. So, so kind of like the, the beginning of fellowship of the ring. Yeah, exactly. It's very much a fellowship of the ring kind of thing. And then, and then like they, they made, they made the, uh, the villain Steppenwolf who's like, sort of dark side's lackey like he's desperate to get he he betrayed dark side at one point but now he's desperate to get back into his good book so he's really trying he's trying his damnedest to get these mother boxes uh, talking to each other but they made hit his they made his arc uh, a lot more involved and uh and then there was like and and i just thought that uh you know it was it was just a, a really kind of neat comic book story at the end of the day you know, it doesn't transcend the genre, right, or anything like that. The acting and the dialogue is a bit clunky. You know, some characters are better than others, and there was a really cool scene at the end that they actually reshot for this, uh, which takes place in sort of like a uh, a future where, uh, I guess, uh, Superman is is uh i don't know if he's evil but he's he's angry and he's very competitive and they're trying to they, and and so like you know the last sort of remnants of 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 like powered of like the powered community is trying to stop him and this is a dream i guess that that batman is having so it's batman deathstroke cyborg mira who's uh, an atlantean and uh and and the joker and it's Jared Leto's Joker, and it's actually like really good. Like it's a really awesome. Sort oh, of that scene that they added, which was gonna, I guess, be the jump off point for like the next sort of adventure in the in oh. in, in the series in the in the in the DC uh, universe. But I don't, I don't think Zack Snyder is gonna do any more DC stuff, which is probably for the best. But yeah. if he's gonna go out, this was a good way for him to go out. I thought I was I was very pleasantly surprised so you saw the you saw the first version yeah. in the theater so are they two different movies is it fair to say i mean there there's i mean yeah it is there's a lot of uh the the plot points are are quite similar um but the i just i just think that when you have those plot points and you don't explain why you're going to them then then you might as well not even release the yeah. movie. So at least, at least this one, it take it, it, you know, it takes a lot of time to do it, but it, I think it does a good job from a comic book point of view. Again, like there's a lot mm -hmm. of silliness in MacGuffins or whatever, 
but I think if you're if you're a comic book fan and you you like you know uh, the Justice League characters, I think it does a good job of explaining why they're working together, how Batman got them together, why Superman is back, like it's sort of you know like how he got sort of resurrected, all this kind of stuff. And uh, the only thing that neither my wife or I really cared for, we're not big Batfleck guys. Like he's, I, th- I know some people think that Ben Affleck did a, you know, they like his Batman. Mm-hmm. He just doesn't have any, I, I just don't think he, he, he had any sort of magnetism. <laughs> you know, And he's the guy who's trying to get everybody together, which is on brand for the character. I think the character you know, often tries, you know, he's often looking for the most logical way to try to, you know, combat massive, you know, extraterrestrial threats or whatever. But, um, but I thought like the acting generally was pretty good. Yeah. I, I just think, I just, I just thought it was going to be bored. And I, 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 it definitely wasn't boring. It went by, I thought pretty fast. So did they get someone famous to play dark side? I don't, no, who I forget. Or was he just a CG monster? I think somebody plays him. I can't remember who. Um, but yeah, I mean they're all heavily, heavily CG'd. Oh, okay. But but it's but it's not like a it's not like a Josh Brolin scenario where like Josh was in the suit acting and he does the voice, and then they CG'd everything. And then, on. then they CG on top of that. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure. Okay. All right. No, I was just kind of curious because you know I, um, having having read DC before, and I was thinking, okay, Darkseid's an interesting character to kind of bring into it because he wasn't in the original theatrical release, right? No, not at all, not at all. <laughs> Which seems kind of weird. Yeah, it's like <laughs> it's it's bizarre because the whole motivation for Steppenwolf, who is the main villain in the theatrical release, and, and I guess ostensibly in this in in the Snyder cut. Is his whole mode? His whole motivation is based around Darkseid. Yeah. So the, the yeah, like n- nothing made nothing made sense, and like Joss Whedon came in and cut a bunch of stuff, and they made him shoehorn it in to under two hours. And yeah, there's a lot of blame going out for for Whedon for wrecking Justice Justice League, which is a bit unfair because like there's not much you could really do when you're coming into a project that late and the studio says it has to be under two hours. Mm. You know, I think, I think it's, it was the, I think the studio met, I mean, there was unfortunate timing with Zack Snyder having a family tragedy that took him away from the film in the first place. Um, but, but they wouldn't have let Zack do a four hour thing. Either. No, like, no, but they may not, they may have cut different stuff, you know, like, um, I think I think they thought well, Whedon he he's you know he he's he's uh, he he made gold over at at Marvel like you know he'll just be the magic bullet and I just don't think it was a, it was a really good yeah. fit and it's no. not really his fault because he's coming into the in, into the project so late and and stuff like that. but I think I think like yeah it it needed I think this this really needed to come out for. Like like fans of the DC extended universe who felt that it was uh, that that you know they they were treated fairly shoddily with this <laughs> two hour release that nobody liked. They 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 needed they needed a bit of closure, right? Yeah, and it's this been, was I think, this I think... this this was this was their um, not not to say it is, but this is their uh, 
um, this this was their uh, "We're sorry for Last Jedi." Yeah, yeah, yeah. offering I right. Think so yeah, but like, I think I was I I think I just was surprised by the amount of care that went into this. Like you know, like you like they usually when you get a director's cut, like they just throw a couple of other scenes in, and you know, it doesn't significantly alter the film as much as this one was so significantly altered by like doubling its running time for one thing, just like, you know, uh, re- resurrecting all kinds of ideas that got like left on the, on the cutting room yeah. floor. Like, yeah, I, I was, I was impressed with it. Well, well, I think it, it goes back to my point earlier about Falcon and Falcon winter soldier and WandaVision where there's no way in hell those two could have been a theatrical release. And I think this was also the same case. This was probably, if you want to tell this properly, should have been, like you said, a six or nine episode thing that just ran. Or you make it into three movies mm-hmm. and take and take your time telling it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like yeah. hook, line, and sinker. Yeah, you definitely, yeah, it could have, it could have worked as a movie trilogy. Sure, yeah, that, anything like that. You, yeah, you definitely needed to take time. Uh, to tell this story and and uh so i'm 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 glad that um that i'm glad that it was released i think it's worthwhile like as as a as as yeah as a comic book fan like i as we said before i'm more of a marvel guy but i think that it's definitely uh it's definitely worth checking out so yeah but you know they're gonna do a theatrical release with that whole black and white edition <laughs> and I, I did read somewhere that it would have to have an intermission, right? Oh, yeah. Let's go out to the lobby. <laughs> Let's go out to the lobby. Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't. I, I, I liked it. I didn't, I didn't like it that much. <laughs> so so if you watched it on H, which you watched on HBO Max, you could have just sat and watched one of six and then just kind of call it a night and then just continue, right? Yeah, that's what you. Yeah, okay. there's like title cards. So there's like title cards at various points, and I think got it's it. Like six chapters. So yeah, you could you could do that. You could do that. Yeah, you're right. It does kind of seem more like a bingeable series when it the way it's sort of set up now, rather than rather than. Well, my 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 point was not to say that. Oh, here's the here's another coffin nail for the movie industry, but. There, there's there's a place for that type of storytelling now that we have these streaming services i think uh, we, we, we now we, we now have these things where okay is it going to be a theatrical release can we tell the story well enough within that time or do we give you eight or nine episodes and just go and call it a one-shot deal mm-hmm. um I, I was reading after WandaVision had ended, people were still going, well, what about season two? Yeah. No season two. Yeah, this is it. Yeah. There's that whole, there's that whole mentality that if a show's successful, it has to have a season two. It's like the Watchmen. I, I, I doubt you'll see unless, um, I don't know, unless something's what, happened. I what heard what of more it. to tell? Yeah. <laughs> they told the, they told all the story they wanted to, and it was great. You know, you don't, do you want to dilute it with just, more stuff because you know yeah there's and, an appetite for it and you know what happens when you do that you get star wars 
of the current state. <laughs> you get uh, that sh- Heroes was like that. Remember that show Heroes? Like it, it, yeah, it, it was like oh. it was good. Like the first couple of seasons, and then and then they just ran out of like interesting ideas, and you know that that show would have like like Firefly is one of those shows that that you know there's there's a, a longing for like oh I wish there was more Firefly content. But who knows? It might have been shit after the first season. Like it's going down as like a, a show that had a killer first season and then a pretty good movie, and then that's it. In a way, in a way, I'm kind of after seeing how well WandaVision and and where Winter, Falcon Winter Soldier is going, I'm kind of I'm a bit disappointed that there will be a third season for for Mandalorian now because it's like, okay, where do you take it? It almost seems like the perfect ending, doesn't it? The second season. I I I thought so. That's again. I, I felt like it, you could have ended it there. Done. Book of Boba Fett. You want to spawn and do other things? Great. Mm-hmm. Sounds great. But it left me thinking. Okay, there's a third season. What now? And I had that same feeling in uh, Last Jedi, mm-hmm. where they're all in the Millennium Falcon. You know, it's they're i guess they're sort of on the run <laughs> but at that point it's I, I i left the theater going okay now what and and the answer was two and a half hours of of, of pure fan service <laughs> that's right <laughs> bring back luke we gotta <laughs> fix that uh we gotta give we gotta we gotta give finn Who's who mm-hmm. arguably would have should have been like one of the main characters. We got to give him something to do. We got to give him some purpose. <laughs> oh, and yeah, that's right. Poe. Didn't we have great chemistry with them? Yeah. Why? Why not? Second movie. Let's split them up. You know who? You know what this movie needs? Wedge Antilles. Let's bring back <laughs> Wedge Antilles. We need. Yeah, exactly. And, and Lando. We need yeah. Lando. <laughs> and we need to put him in a spot that doesn't really make sense. <laughs> yeah, it was it was uh it was pretty crazy. That's not to say I didn't enjoy myself in the theater, but No, was, no, 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 no. It was more hey. like I we were talking to our mutual friend Steve Irwin afterwards and he was like, That was awesome. And I was like, Yeah, that was pretty awesome. And then the next day we were both, yeah, you know, it just felt like we were being like overly catered to. I, I enjoyed it. I I really did. Just, okay. Uh, despite its flaws and then and it does have them. Well, before we sign off, we we have to say that um, uh, the Existentialist Cucumber is one year old now. So we recorded our very first episode on March 25th, uh, 2020. So Curtis, happy birthday <laughs> to the show. Happy birthday. To- one, 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 one year. When, when we, we thought we'd only be doing two months of this and calling it a day when the pandemic was over in two months. I thought once the Simpsons uh, bracket was resolved, that you know, that would be our that would be the uh, the end. That would be <laughs> that, would, that, would, that would that would be the the high note that we went out on. But uh... well, yeah, I guess I guess we're wait we're waiting for that jump the shark moment. I guess, but uh, any case, you can catch Curtis and I weekly on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. So remember to subscribe to us. And um, we'll be back uh, next week and to talk to you a bit more. So thank you so much for listening. And sometimes a cucumber is just a cucumber.